Today's readings offer an embarrassment of riches to this preacher. I felt overwhelmed by the myriad of ways that I could approach the texts of both Acts and the Gospel of John. It is quite common in my preparations for the upcoming sermon to find three or four themes that could be developed from the text as I prepare during the week. By midweek, I've often chosen one particular idea. And then on Saturday, I dedicate four or more hours to finish the development of the usual 12-minute sermon. But this week, this week proved more of a challenge than usual. There were at least six to eight themes that begged for attention. And each of those themes could be approached in a couple of different ways. Since the point that I want to make in this sermon is that the resurrected Christ is still engaging his followers in very real and transformational ways, I decided that rather than go along one of those six to eight options, that I would teach you how to discover this truth for yourselves. The truth that the resurrected Christ is still engaging his followers in very real and transformational ways. Rather than giving you a fish so that you can eat for today, I want to teach you how to fish so that you can eat for a lifetime. So this sermon is really a lesson on one way that you can learn to engage the scripture so that you experience the invitation of the risen Christ in your own lives. Often when we read a piece of scripture, we hold it at a distance aware of its power, and perhaps in reverence for its authority, we are afraid to get too close. So we study its setting. We talk about the context in which the stories were written. We want to know when it was written and by whom. We want to know what the social influences were of the day. And in some cases, we want to know the original language. All of that is good stuff but it keeps the text cerebral. Many of you know that Michael and I are new to being New Englanders. We're very pleased to consider ourselves as such, and in many ways wonder what took us so long to get here. But I've noticed that you all live a lot in your heads. And thus, you perhaps find engaging the scripture from a very academic approach the most familiar way to engage the scripture. Perhaps no one told you that there is another way. Using the insight of Martin Smith, I want to tell you of another way. Today's lessons beg to be engaged in a way other than through our studious nature. They are filled with descriptions about time and place. They have dialogue and actions. These descriptions paint vivid pictures for us of complex people, which makes them perfect stories to enter into. Martin Smith, in his book, The Word is Very Near You, teaches his readers how to pray with scripture. I have found his insight so rich and life-altering that I want to share with you some of his wisdom 
the wisdom about entering into the stories through prayer. Smith tells us to first to select a particular story before you begin your prayer time, even before you start. So for the sake of this sermon exercise, let's choose the gospel. The second step is to spend some time settling down in a comfortable position that gives us the space to be responsive. Often, sitting upright with your feet on the floor is usually the most available way to stay awake and responsive without a lot of physical effort. The third step is to ask God to give you what you need from the passage of Scripture. We are invited to tell God what we would like to be open to. To tell God that you would like to be open to whatever God might have to share with you in your prayer time whether it be healing, or probing, or consolation, let God know that you trust that God will give you what you need. The fourth step is to begin by reading a passage of scripture several times slowly, pausing between each reading for 30 seconds or so, so that you can notice the details of the scripture. Let questions and insights occur as you notice more with each reading. The fifth step is to put the Bible aside and let your imagination engage the text. This is where we imagine the sights and sounds and smells of the text. We allow our imagination to draw us in. We're not watching it as a movie scene. We're in the story. So let us take today's gospel as an example. Imagine the shore in the early morning. Smell the salt water. Feel the early morning breeze. The tide is going out, leaving various ocean life on the shore. The gulls are competing for the food. Hear their competitive voices. See the activity of their swooping and pecking and ravenous eating. Are you standing on the shore? Perhaps you're in the boat. Feel the rocking of the boat. Smell the water. You've been out all night. Feel your exhaustion, the kind that you have at the end of a workday. Notice the tightness of your skin from the salt water. This brings us to step six. As Smith says, let the drama unfold. Let whatever happens, happen. Don't try to control the story or to step aside of it to glean some lesson. Don't start thinking about applications to your life. Allow yourself to be affected by the words and actions of the story. Returning to our gospel, you hear someone yell from a distance, children, you have no fish, have you? Do you answer back? Or does someone else in the boat answer? 
Smith gives us step seven. As your feelings are affected by the event, he says, let yourself respond. Often you need to respond by articulating these feelings to Jesus. Tell him how you have been touched. Ask him what the feelings mean. What kind of gift are they? What are you thankful for? What do you want to ask for? Who is God for you just now? How is God inviting you? Smith goes on to say, at other times, the best response is to stay with the impression the story has on you, savoring it and soaking yourself in it, aware of the presence of the Lord. Finally, step eight. When the awareness of the experience dies down, conclude with the Lord's prayer or a line from a hymn. Something to bring it to a close so that you can move on with the activity of your day. Take a few minutes at the conclusion of your prayer time to jot down anything of note from your prayer. Questions, perhaps, observations, feelings. If this prayer experience seems unfinished, you can engage the text a second or a third time even, as often as you'd like, as you seek to respond to God's invitation to come close in the stories of scripture so that you might engage the risen Christ. Each time you can ask God to reveal what you need and tell God that you trust God to do so. As you can see from this prayer practice, engaging the stories of scripture in this very personal way opens for us the transforming power that was inherent in the event being told. The disciples that met Jesus on the shore had their lives changed forever. God's transforming power was at work in their lives. And it can be at work in our lives as well. These stories, although thousands of years old, are our stories too. The risen Christ is still risen. He continues to engage his disciples, transforming their lives with his personal encounter. Thanks be to God. Amen.